Okay, today we're going to be talking about the Napoleonic era in France. This is going to come after the kind of the main part of the French Revolution. So let's look at the big ideas. Uh, the first one is describe how the wars of the French Revolutionary and Napoleonic periods and growing nationalism changed the map of Europe. And the big unit goal, identify the causes and consequences of major political revolutions. So we're going to be looking at a few maps today and seeing what exactly occurs. But first, let's talk a little bit about Napoleon. Napoleon, he's born in Corsica, which is an island off the southeastern coast of France. It's French control. It's a French territory. At uh, 20 years old, he is a lieutenant when revolution breaks out in France. So he's very young, but he's going to be a fast riser. He's going to become a military hero uh, known for winning big battles uh, for France. Uh, and when the revolution takes off, he's going to favor the Jacobins and Republican rule. Essentially, he's going to not favor uh, the old monarchy. So in 1799, he, uh, he helps overthrow the Directory, which was the five-man governing body we kind of left off with in the last video. Um, five-man governing body that was running the country, and they had actually kind of promoted Napoleon, and he kind of turns on them. And uh, he sets his, up his own three-man governing body known as the Consulate. Notice how the numbers keep getting smaller and smaller. It should tell us something. Um, in 1802, he is going to declare himself this, um, the leader of the Consulate, the single leader of the Consulate. And then in 1804, he's actually going to crown himself emperor. So we went from you know a massive legislature to the five-man governing body, the Directory, to the three-man Consulate, and now to Napoleon as the lone emperor. And what he's going to do is he's going to look to now expand his empire over the next decade. So let's take a look at what he does. Uh, he's going to be building an empire till about 1812. And he's going to annex or incorporate some of the following lands, meaning take. He's going to take these lands. First one is the Netherlands, as you can see right there. And located between the Netherlands and France is a small country of Belgium. Along with that, he's going to take parts of northern Italy and parts of Germany. And he's also going to create what is known as the Confederation of the Rhine. Uh, for those of you that don't know, the Rhine is the river that runs right along here. And it's essentially going to replace the Holy Roman Empire, which was mostly made up of German states. And so he doesn't technically control the Confederation of the Rhine. He controls the people who control the Confederation of the Rhine. So essentially, he controls a good portion of Europe, whether directly or indirectly at this time. And then in 1812, uh, Napoleon's going to get a little greedy. He's going to take Russia, or at least try to. So he's going to lead 600,000 soldiers and 50,000 horses to Russia. Um, and the Russians, realizing that Napoleon is a great military leader, great military strategist, um, are going to use this policy known as the scorched earth policy. And what that means is they're going to retreat, they're not going to fight a ton of battles, and they're going to burn crops and villages as they retreat. Essentially what they're trying to do is not leave anything for the French army to use. And it works. By October, Napoleon turns around because he realizes he's not going to be able to feed his army. All the crops have been burned. 
all um all villages all useful materials are gone and in only a few months he would have to face the russian winter which is extremely harsh to do he turns around in defeat and heads back home and at this point in time russia britain austria and prussia are going to form a new alliance and kind of take um or go against this weakened france uh, and Napoleon actually is going to abdicate the throne. He's going to give it up, and he's going to be exiled to the island of Elba. But Napoleon returns, <laughs> not too long after. But this return's only going to last about a hundred days. He takes the throne from Louis the Eighteenth, and in June of eighteen fifteen, his army is going to meet uh, two. Two armies, the British and Prussian armies, at Waterloo, which is in Belgium. And he's going to be defeated. And this time for good. He's going to be exiled to a very tiny island in the middle of the South Atlantic. This little red star, and if you can't tell, this is Africa. This island's in the middle of nowhere. And this is kind of where Napoleon's going to go, and he's going to live out his last days. Well, what comes after Napoleon uh, is the Congress of Vienna. Essentially, at the Congress of Vienna, European leaders are going to sit down and try to restore order to Europe. And what I mean by that is Prince Metternich, who is the Prince of Austria, is going to sit down with kings and queens of other European countries and say, we cannot have another Napoleon. We can't have a guy taking our land, ruining our lives. Not that he really ruined their lives. But what he was trying to say is, in 1792, before all these revolutions broke out, we were royalty. We just kind of sat around. We had our land. We didn't fight each other. We got along. Let's go back to that. So they really want to um, create a balance of power in Europe. Nobody's too strong. And if somebody tries to, you know, to do what Napoleon did and, you know, build up an army and, and become more powerful than others then the surrounding countries will work together and crush that singular country or person. So what are some of the things they do? Well, their focus is going to be on France. How do we weaken France and not allow it to happen? Uh, if we look, they're going to create a united Netherlands in the north, uniting the Netherlands, Belgium, and this little tiny country of Luxembourg, along the eastern edge of um, France, Prussia is going to be given um, some territory. And along the southeastern edge of France, France, Austria is going to be given some territory. Basically outlining France with strong uh, countries, not allowing uh, anything like Napoleon to happen again. So if we look at the big ideas once again, describe how the wars of the French Revolutionary and Napoleonic periods and growing nationalism changed the map of Europe. We looked at a, a lot of maps today, saw how they changed in the course of, you know, about 15 to 20 years. And then overall, identify the causes and consequences of major political revolutions.